I just want you to know this is what I'm believing God for and this is what I see for our church. I don't know why I'm all winded. It's like I didn't run around the building or anything. I just shouted a little bit. I think that's a sign I better get working out, right? <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I'm excited about what the Lord's doing. And I've been talking about uh, the last three weeks about can you hear me now. And the importance of really hearing the voice of God in this season. And not just for little things, but I mean divine voice of God for direction and for wisdom. And that I believe God wants his kids to hear his, the Holy Spirit's voice so clearly that you are not going to be deceived by other voices out there. Amen. You can be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that you can be listening to a preacher that might be a big name, but your spirit goes, ooh, something just doesn't feel right about that. And we need that lighting, that leading in this hour because we know that there's going to be deceiving voices. And they may talk Jesus and they may show some displays like Jesus, but doesn't mean they're being led by Jesus. So we have to be led by the Holy Spirit in this season. And you hearing from God, not just me coming to bring you a word, which is important, but you hearing from God yourself. And so the first week we talked about being, uh, you know, God looking at our, begins with us. We take the word, remember the flashlight, we look on the inside of us. If you've missed any teachings, I highly encourage you to jump online, listen to them, and maybe re-listen to them again, because there'll be things that the Lord will speak to you. And then last week I talked about the importance of having a vision. And, you know, you've got to know where you're going in order for faith to connect to where God wants to take you. And today I'm going to talk to you about being Holy Spirit-led. I think it's so important that we're learning as believers to be led by the Holy Spirit and His voice and awakening that voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. When we came out of fasting and prayer in 2020, uh, we do that every year, 21 days, and uh, after my fasting or even during it, I had very chaotic dreams. I had, uh, they were troubling, they were chaos, it was a lot of wars going on in the world and things were happening. It was a way different fasting time for me than normal. Normally God shows me good things to come or the church or whatever. And then, of course, right after January, we hit March and all chaos hit the world. And so the Lord was really trying to get me proactive to discern what was going on in the world today. But one dream that I had during the fast was kind of troubling, but also an assignment from God to preach about. And I saw lines of thousands of Christians, and they were all lined up in one row, and they all had a white T-shirt on and stonewashed jeans. They were all dressed exactly the same, and they were in one long line. But you know how there's uh, railings on your stair, like your stair railings? There was like a long railing across, and they all had their heads stuck through the railings like this, bent over. And I asked the Lord, I go, what does that mean? They all looked alike. They were all stuck in a position of being inactive. And the Lord said this to me. He said, I am tired of copycat Christians. And it was a strong word of, uh, like, God's anger. That he's not looking for us to be stuck in the way we've always done things. He's not looking for cookie-cutter Christianity. And church has been pretty the last 15 years. Church looks pretty. We know how to structure the church. We know how to come in. We do this. We go through that worship. We have offering. And we have become stuck in the railings of life. And we become ineffective for the kingdom of God. And so individually, we need to really hear the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life to get us out of our stuck places. So I'm going to talk this morning in, in um, being led by the Holy Spirit. And what happens is, is when you've not been in tune with the Holy Spirit and you've not been really stirring the Holy Spirit up on the inside of you, what happens is you get an underdeveloped spirit. 
And as we were coming and we went through COVID and what happened in that year and is still happening today is we all watched church at home. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of liked it myself. I'm the pastor, but I kind of dig being in my pajamas, watching myself on TV, giving a good shout to myself. Nobody was there, so it was okay. Oh, that was a good word. Hallelujah. And then I turned off my TV, and I had my whole day. And it was awesome, and it was fun. So I can understand why we can get comfortable in our walk with God because it became comfortable for us. I mean, we even have groceries can be delivered to us. We can pull up to every store we want, and we don't even have to walk in anymore. Talk about Christians going to get more, America's going to get more out of, he, out of bad health. We don't walk anywhere anymore. Everybody comes to us. But what happens is we became apathetic, right? We became apathetic or lazadaisical. And we've gotten comfortable in our walk and our faith with God. And God wants to begin to make us uncomfortable. God wants to challenge us with the word of God that sharpens us, that maybe offends us. I'm not saying it happens in this church, but maybe I've been preaching and I say something that makes you mad. I definitely know when Bishop was here, he says something that made you mad. Because it's a challenge of the word. It's a cutting of the word. And we need to be, as Christians, ready to receive the word of God by the Holy Spirit. No matter if it offends us, if it cuts us, if we don't like it or we don't understand it, we better be in line with the Holy Spirit. So we need to awaken in this season, don't we? And that's why I thought this altar ministry was just God showing, see, that's what I have for you. I needed a waking and a rising within your spirit that you are God conscious and we are no longer lulled to sleep. Because I'm telling you, if you stay lulled to sleep, you're going to be deceived. It's going to happen. Because we're coming in a time in the world where great deception is going to hit our world. And we better know our faith. We better know our word, and we better have the Holy Spirit awakened on the inside of us to lead us and to guide us into all truth. Amen? So in an underdeveloped spirit, what happens? Number one, we have to fix is we are spiritually immature. There's an immaturity that happens. Now, you may say, well, Pastor Barb, I've been serving God a long time, and maybe you're a new Christian in here, and there, uh, God does want to grow you up. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving Jesus, God is continually bringing us to maturity. He's still challenging us. He's still equipping us. Listen, the Holy Spirit is still dealing with things in our life that he wants to align up to the will of God. And this may be a season where God says, stop doing that. I need you to listen to me. Stop going there. I need you to listen to me. And we need to not be at a place where I'm a comfortable Christian and I think I'm mature just enough that I don't have to be challenged by God anymore and we find ourselves with our heads stuck in a railing looking like every other Christian in the world. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. People should look at us and know they are of God. They have something about them. I don't know what it is, but there's something about them. I got to get around them. I got to talk to them. I got to touch them, whether it's controversial, like the little witch in my Fry's grocery store, which I don't have time to go into. She wanted to take me down, but little did she know. This little five-foot girl with a hat on knew the word of God, amen, and knew the power of the Holy Spirit. So God wants you to line up and say, I will not be an immature Christian anymore. I'm going to let the Spirit challenge my faith, and I'm going to become mature in this season again. Amen. We're supposed to go from faith to faith. So listen, the devil can make us feel just religious enough and make us feel okay. And we don't realize he's made us ineffective 
with no power and authority and no ability to hear God because we haven't challenged our Holy Spirit in us to align with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So maturity has to happen. So let's look at Hebrews 6 verse 1, I believe, in the New Living Translation. And it says this. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. We need to not have to end the church, and it's wonderful. We, God loves you, and it's wonderful. But do I have to tell you every week that God loves you? Do I have to tell you every week that you're the head and not the tail and above and not beneath? He's saying you got to get away from the basic teachings. It's not enough to just have that simple teaching that makes tickling ears, makes us feel good, makes us feel like God has something for us. We've got to get away from that. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. We need to let the word of God pierce us. We need to, when the Holy Spirit speaks in that still small voice of aligning us to his will, we need to be mature enough to say, I'm going to do what the Holy Spirit has told me in secret, I'm going to do in private. Right? We have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Nobody may ever see what you do. They may never see your sacrifice. They may never see you reading your Bible, but God does. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, it is our responsibility as mature believers to respond with obedience. And if we are not being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is saying, we have become immature Christians and we have become um, uh, an undeveloped spirit. And when your spirit is undeveloped, you cannot hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And what will happen? We'll run by our emotions. We'll run by our feelings. We'll run by what looks good but isn't God at all. Amen? It's dangerous. So I have to say I'm not going to, if the Holy Spirit is calling me to time in the word and there's that still small voice, do it. If he's calling you to worship, take 10, 15 minutes, do it. All I'm asking you is to hear the Holy Spirit and obey him. You can't obey my voice. I can challenge you. I am like the sounding board of the Holy Spirit. Believe me. I am sounding what God is saying. But you have to hear the Holy Spirit. And then you have to obey him. That brings you back into your maturity faith of Jesus. Amen. It's easy to serve God if he requires nothing from us. Isn't it? It's challenging to serve God when he's, when he's requiring something of my flesh. But he knows where he's taking you. He knows what he wants to get into your life. He knows where he wants to get into your children and your marriage or a company or a favor. So we have to follow that guidance of the Holy Spirit through maturity. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds. Have we gotten so far of our conviction with God that we don't repent of things? That we've gotten so dull and comfortable with the behavior and the patterns of our life and we look just like the world that we don't even, we're not even drawn to repentance. It's immaturity. We shouldn't have to tell sheep who have served Jesus a long time that you need to stop that behavior in your life. Listen, there's a grace message that will allow you to get away with everything. And then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's our responsibility to listen to that voice. So that I am mature and ready for what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in my life. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 11, the NIV. It says this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. 
I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man or a woman, right, maturity, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Listen, church, we've got to live for Jesus. We've got to live loving God. We've got to put away the childish behavior when we came to Jesus and didn't know better. But now we're mature in Christ. And I'm willing to die to myself. I'm willing to die to my flesh to receive all that God has for me in front of me. And it's not about works. It's not like, well, I have to stop doing this to get that. That's not it. I stopped doing this because now I can hear the Holy Spirit to get me where he wants me to go. But if I'm in compromise and I'm in disobedience, you cannot hear the Holy Spirit because you are not walking in the Spirit and in alignment with the Holy Spirit. The devil will make sure you hear everything else. Loney, because he's really good at that. But I put the way of the childish behind me. So we have to come into some maturity in this season. The second thing is the apathy. We have quieted the Holy Spirit in our life. We have quieted the conviction of the Holy Spirit because we've grown apathetic, lazadaisical. We've gotten so comfortable, haven't we, with the way that things are. And we need the burning coals of the Holy Spirit to get us back in alignment, get, get us hungry for the word. Nothing can make you hungry for the word except the Holy Spirit. Nothing can make you hungry for the presence of God except the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do a teaching on apathy in the next couple of weeks because I started digging so deep into it. I didn't want to go too much today. But apathy in uh, Revelation 3.16, the, the scripture says, if you're lukewarm, that means hot, you're not hot or cold. So you may not feel like, well, I'm not running in the world. I'm not living that unrighteous life. But if you are not on fire from God... No more is God saying it's okay to just walk down this middle lane, one foot in the world, one foot in Jesus. No, either get hot or get cold. Either let the burning zeal of God arise on the inside of your heart or you're going to be left to the sidelines for what God is doing in this season. He says if you're hot, if you're lukewarm, what's he going to do? I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. God is looking for his church to have a hunger for him. A hunger for his spirit. And you are. You guys are amazing, church. This is so powerful what happened today. And we're going to see more of this. So I'm speaking to that spirit that we need to continue, allow the fire of God to awaken the sleeping places of my life. Romans 12, 11 says, do not be slothful in your zeal, but be fervent in the spirit and serve the Lord. Don't be slothful. Some of, including me, you know, I preach what I practice, amen? I'm not just preaching something I don't do. I'm like, Lord, stir up my spirit. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that was given to you by the laying ons of my hands. It is time to lay hands on ourselves and tell the Holy Spirit to arise, the fire of God, the voice of God, the conviction of God. And that's why we pray in the Holy Spirit because my prayer language bypasses my mind and it prays the, my Holy Spirit prays the perfect will of God which we'll talk about in a minute, but I can't be slothful. I said this in first service, but um, that movie, Uto what's it called again? Not Utopia. The little bunny with the, um, Zootopia. How many have seen that? Yes. Cutest little cartoon. You have to see it. And, uh, but there's that one scene where they go into the bank, and it's a sloth scene. 
You remember? And the sloths are like so slow. You're like, I just, how many just wanted to pull your hair out? I'm like, just fast forward that scene. Like I literally got anxious about them going so slow. But that's what some of our spirits look like. God's like, go do this. Maybe I'll think about it, God. Let me pray about it. And God's like, I am so far ahead of you, I don't even know if you can catch up. I am so far into your future. I have so many plans laid out for you. I have so many blessings. And you're wondering what I'm doing. Get out of our slothful spirit. Let's get excited for Jesus. Let's get anticipation for what he has. Amen. It is a great day. It's a great day in the Lord. It's a great day in the Holy Spirit. God has so many awesome things just on the other side of our apathetic spirit. And that's why the devil has a lullaby to the church. I'll just make him feel real good. Because it keeps us ineffective with no power of the Holy Spirit. But yet we all feel good about ourselves. Amen. It's not what God's doing anymore, is he? He's awakening the church. In Acts 17, verse 28, it says this. I don't know if it's 28. For in him, say in him, in him, the Holy Spirit or God, we live and move and have our being. When you are in the Holy Spirit, you live. That word live there means I breathe. I have true life. There's endless in the kingdom of God. There's living water. I'm full of vigor. I'm full of strength. And I'm efficient and effective. See, when you are in him, when you're walking in the Holy Spirit, when you're awakening the spirit on the inside of you, that's when you really live. Go on great vacations. It's wonderful. Go do wonderful things and activities. But that's not how we live we live in the spirit. So I have a life overflowing. I have the spring fell of life springing up within my soul. Remember that song? Spring up a well within my soul. So many of us, we have stagnant waters of disappointment, of God doing nothing, and it's grown stinky, and everything is dying around us, and we better get back to living in him, in the spirit, so that the wellspring of life can come up and give us joy everlasting. You are strong when you're in the Spirit. You are strong when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So in Him I live, I'm full of strength. In Him I move. So when you need a direction from God and you need an answer from God, get in the Holy Spirit, right? I'm going to live and be refreshed by Him, and then He's going to speak to me, and now I'm going to move. That word move means to go from one place to the next. Over here, I'm disappointed, but now I'm in the Spirit. I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm getting the wellspring of God coming up within my soul, and now I can see what God has for me, and now I'm moving towards the blessing of God. But your emotions will keep you stuck right here, won't it? And you'll be like, God, do something, and you're fighting and you're wrestling. God's like, just get in my spirit because <laughs> that's where I'm flowing. That's where I'm moving. That's where the kingdom really is, is in the Spirit. Now I live and I move and what? I have my being. That word beating. You, you sent me a text, Jeff. What was it? It was uh, never ending or something. But the translation I looked up was, is hope. So when you get back into the spirit and you have the refreshing of God, 
right? Now he brings you into hope. And your hope is what? The hope is the anchor of your soul. We need hope, don't we? That God is working everything out in my life. All right, let's quickly look this morning. I'm not going to keep you forever, I promise you. But let's look at uh, Luke 24. And it says this, Luke 24, verse 29. I love this. This is about Pentecost. And we all know this, but it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Now, in this scripture verse, it's promise of the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit came and came upon you. But the promise is not just the Holy Spirit. The promise is what has God been speaking to you? And that's why I said to you, get your word from God. What is God saying in your life, for your family, over your ministry, or whatever it is? You have to get your promise from God. But your promise comes when you are covered by the promise. You cannot hear the promise of God unless you recognize the promise of the Holy Spirit over your life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will lead your spirit into all truth. So what is God trying to do? He's trying to take your spirit that's been quieted, underdeveloped, awaken it, get it in alignment with the Holy Spirit, and now there's that power of agreement. And when your spirit lines up with the Holy Spirit, supernatural opens up. Supernatural. That's when you begin to see things that only God could do. That's when you begin to see the miracles and the breakthrough because you are in alignment with the Holy Spirit. So God says, I send my promise. I'm sending you my word. What is your word from God? That's your promise from God. So that word promise there means God will tell you the thing promised. That will be your promise from God. But the second part of it means this. It's also the assurance of the thing I promised you will happen. That's the assurance of the Holy Spirit. What God promised you in the Holy Spirit, he said, I will do it. So what does that mean? I'm in the Spirit, God, I need answers. I need direction. I need reviving. I may need repentance. And you're getting in. So you're getting your promise of God from the Holy Spirit. But then he goes on to say, but tarry. See, you can get your word from God, but there's a time frame that God's going to do things. And I can promise you, and I'll show you here in a minute, but all hell will break loose when you get your word from God. Because the devil will make sure to do everything against what God spoke over your life in deception. So you have to get your word from God, right? But tarry for it. That word tarry there, and I know most of us know, knows it means wait. But if you dig deeper, it actually means this, sit down and settle down. Because what God has promised is going to have a time frame on it. And it may look worse before it gets better. So he's saying, when you're in my spirit that I promised you, sit down, get a grip, quit getting overwhelmed, quit getting discouraged. Listen, quit trying to do it yourself. Settle down. I got a word from God over this church. I know this church is called to be packed with three services. I can see it. And I can see building a new sanctuary, doing something for God. I can see it. But guess what? I have to tarry. Because I'm a leader, I'm a strategizer, and I'm like, let's do this. You can ask my team, let's do this, let's do that. And God's like, sit down. Relax. I got it under control. So you know what I did? I said, yes, sir. 
I'm going to sit right down with my lemonade, with, you know, ice, and I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to enjoy watching God do what is promised over my life and over this church. And I'm going to let him do it because I'm not going to get tired doing it. And I'm going to get stressed out doing it. We need to sit back on some yummy lemonade and let the Holy Spirit do what he is going to do in your life. But you can't just sit back without a word. you got to get your promise. you got to get in the Holy Spirit. There's some things we need to do, right? we got to get out of the flesh and we got to trust the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to send you the promise, but I want you to sit back, settle down just a little bit. And where does he want you to sit? In the city of Jerusalem. Do you know what Jerusalem means there? Peace. Sit down in the city of peace. So you're going to get your spirit and align with my spirit. Right? You're going to relax, and you're going to let my peace come into your heart. God wants us to rest in his promises because the word is yes and it is amen. But we will only trouble ourselves if we allow our flesh to take over and not stay connected with the spirit. So the moment you start feeling like things are out of control, what am I going to do? Start praying in the Holy Spirit. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit yet, we can pray for you at the end of service. That's just so awesome and easy with God. Right? You can pray in the Holy Spirit. I think I have a verse. No, we'll get there in just a minute. Gosh, I have so much, you guys. Let's see how far we can get today. All right. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with what? Power from on high. See, when you're waiting on peace, in peace, you got your word from God, then you wait for the power to do what God's called you to do. So you can start doing what you want to do in the flesh because you got your word from God, and we've all done this, and you can start manufacturing things, or you can relax, and guess what? When God's power comes on you, God will pay the bill. When God's power comes upon you, he opens a door no man can shut. When God's power comes upon you, there is a favor because now God is in your waiting God is in your patience. God is in your faith. And all of a sudden, miracles start to happen. Amen. Say hi to somebody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to wait for that power. Now, this word power is amazing because when you get your word from God, I said earlier, remember, all hell's going to break loose. And if you study this word power, we know it's dunamis and all of that. But it also means this. That word power is used to describe the powers of the world that come at work upon your life. That's the first part of that word. word. The devil and the forces of hell are going to try to come against your life. But when you are in the spirit, connected to the spirit, the rest of that power means, but the divine power of God gives you overcoming against all resistance of the enemy. So if you have some resistance, if you have some opposition, just get in the Holy Spirit. Just put on some worship music. Just start praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the power of God is about to be released on my life, and the devil can't stop what God is about to do. I promise you from this moment forward in this church, we're going to see the kingdom come into this house. Why? Because we sat back and we trusted God and all this transition of COVID and everything, we waited on God and his power showed up today. His power manifested. So now get ready. We're going to walk into, and that word power means a dramatic transformation. 
Have you struggled with something that isn't changing? Are you struggling with someone that isn't changing? Or a situation or a crazy boss? Then you start attacking it with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it will become a dramatic change. So if we've been struggling with the same thing for years, we're not moving by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit meets us, he changes it. He changes my behavior. He changes my thoughts. He changes my mood when we meet the power of the Holy Spirit. So good, amen. We have people in this house that, that were drug addicts, completely changed. Alcohol addicts, completely changed. And many more to come. Marriages destroyed. God brought restoration. Miracles, mir and there's many, many, many more to come because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I don't even know where to go. Okay, let's just close with this, Acts chapter 1. We always have another Sunday, right? Many more to come. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and it says this, if I can get there. All right, and being assembled together with them, this is, you know, where they were all in the upper room, he commanded them, do not depart from peace, but to wait for the promise of God. And in this translation, what is so beautiful, Terry was, sit down, relax, right? Terry, this one in Acts, where they were actually present, that word wait means to, um, to remain and abide, so there can be this, this waiting, like, God, what are you doing? And it's turmoil and it's frustrating. But when you come into the presence of God and you sit down in his peace, now I'm just abiding. I'm abiding and waiting for his presence, waiting for his power. Amen. There's a calming that God will give your soul when you are just resting in his presence. And we need that, don't we? Um, tell them, do not depart from peace, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. There's a promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Let me see, guys. I don't even know how to close this service. There's just so much I want to share with you. Okay, let's do one more verse, and then I'll let us get out of here. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. And it says this, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. So when you are in line with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will help you with your weaknesses, the things that you're struggling with, the things that you're going through. And when you have the Holy Spirit, he makes your weak prayers effective. Isn't that good? So when you don't know what to pray, when you don't know the answer, the Holy Spirit gave us a way. The Holy Spirit helps in our weaknesses, for when we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. What is that? That is your prayer language. So when you don't know what to pray and you don't know what to go, what you, you know, what the answer, praying in tongues is not just about an emotional experience in a service. You know, we have made it such an emotional Thing, and it's powerful, but praying in the spirit is the language of heaven. It is heaven talk. And so it isn't about putting it on display and acting all radical about it. And that's fun. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm talking, remember, we're talking about maturity. I don't have the speaking in tongues because I can just go be religious about it and loud about it. No, I have a voice of heaven. 
that when I don't know what to pray, I can pray this language that bypasses my brain, that doesn't understand, and my spirit now is praying, the Holy Spirit now is connecting to my prayers, and now the Holy Spirit, the Spirit himself, you don't make intercession, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you when you are praying in the Holy Spirit. We have a force to be reckoned with on the inside of us. And the world has made it stupid. The world has made it corny. Religion has made it odd. But you have a language of heaven that speaks the power of God. And we need to use that language so that it will pray and connect to the spirit. And that spirit takes my prayers and begins to make intercession to the Father on my behalf. So when you are in alignment with the Spirit of God, heaven has no choice but to open up and give you the miracle that you're believing for. When you're in line with the Spirit, the breakthrough has to come. The healing in your body, the miracle in your marriage, everything you're believing God for is when you are in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we are led by that Spirit. Let me stop because we have to stop. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, I thank you today for this amazing church. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this house, through this, this church, Father God, through these amazing families, Lord. We know that you are doing something special. And God, today, as we receive this awakening within our spirit today, I thank you, God, that you would go with us that we would have ears to hear what your spirit has to say and we would listen and we would obey and we will do what you've called us to do, Father God. I thank you, Jesus. This is the greatest season of their life, Lord God. I thank you that the greatest joy is coming to their household, Lord. Through your word, <clears throat> through your obedience, I hear the Lord say, through that following of that still small voice, the Lord says, if you will trust me, if you will let go of the things that you've been hanging on to, the Lord says, I will move expediently, I will move suddenly, and I will show you the things that I have for your life, says the Lord. The Lord says, don't settle for status quo. Don't settle, settle for just enough. For the Lord says, I'm opening up the supernatural, and I'm pouring out a downfall of my anointing and my power and my voice and my vision and dreams, says the Lord. This is the greatest season of the church and of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you that we will be a part of what you're doing. We will hear your voice and we will respond quickly in obedience to do what you've called us to do, Father God. Awaken us, revive us, Jesus. And I want all of us just to repeat over, repeat this prayer with me today. Maybe you need Jesus fresh. Maybe you're just away. And maybe we need to just ask the Lord to forgive us for apathy. I don't know where we're at today. I know we're all in there somewhere. So I want everyone just to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Forgive me of apathy. And Father God, awaken my spirit. Let me arise, let me hear your voice, and I will be quick to obey. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a praise this morning.
What a great time for Jesus today. I love you all so much. I'm going to invite Elder Matt to come and receive our offering today. <laughs> 